0: welcome back to all about America's team and we have a very exciting show for everybody today for the live listeners who are watching this live welcome to the show I have my very special guest with me here mr. Tony um, everyone say hello to Tony I also have Owen he's pretty cool too he uh, <laughs> he's always here with me um, but yeah we're here with some Dallas Cowboys football we actually have a very new show if you're just if you're just now watching with us is we're going to be talking about some live football the Dallas Cowboys have an upcoming preseason game as shocking as that sounds football is finally right around the corner just a mere 3 4 days away from from the Cowboys first time on the field they will be facing the <laughs> Russell Wilson Broncos except for the fact that neither of Dak or Russell Wilson will be playing so We're going to break down that game, give you a little bit of what to watch for. We're also going to share some practice news as well. And then at the end, we have a very special new topic that we will break down a little bit later on the show. But let's get right into it. Owen, as always, what news do you have from Oxnard?
1: Anthony Barr has been signed. I think that we can all be very happy with that signing. He... There were a lot of reports that, that I saw um, from people when he was signed that Micah Parsons is what people <coughs> saw, expected Anthony Barr to be. So it's good to always to always bring in, as Ray would say, a competent player, which is not something that Dallas does often in free agency. Um, it is good to – I don't know what who everyone's going to be starting just because – they're like who they're gonna put out on the same, like on the same on the field at once. But hopefully, we'd be able to see Jibril Cox, Barr, and Parsons together. That'd be great. <coughs> but Ray, what were your thoughts on the Barr signing?
0: Well, I was very surprised that the Cowboys actually signed a, as you said, competent player. Um, Anthony Barr, while he is a little bit older, he is a very solid linebacker. has played the linebacker position very well with the Vikings for a very long time. I am very almost, ex- the, Jets. almost the
1: Jets. Yeah, m- m- remember that uh, one? Remember that one free agency where he signed with the Jets and then he uh, he backed out. And he pulled a DeAndre Jordan.
0: Ah, yes, yes. I I'm sure the Jets <coughs> were very were very floored by the by the news that they had lost Anthony Barr. Um, I actually forgot about that, but yes, that is that is quite 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 the humor. Um,
1: yes,
0: it is. Yeah, but he he's played a, he's played very good football at the linebacker position for a very long time. I'm interested to see where, how much he, he actually plays. I think he'll be on the field a lot. It will be interesting to see what position he's going to play. Um, if he's going to stay at uh, middle linebacker or if he's going to move around um, how they're going to utilize him. But I mean, I feel like any, anywhere they're going to put him is going to work out. Uh, it's, it does put a lot of pressure on the latent Van der Esches of the world. Um, someone is not going to see the field or even get waved. So, more, more likely than not, it's going to be Leighton who gets waived or benched because they're going to want to play Jabril Cox. Micah Parsons, obviously, is going to be on the field 99% of the time anyway. And, of course, you have the new linebackers coming in as well, not this season but the next season. So this is a very interesting year, but also it just you know, adds depth to the linebacking position, which is one of the more important positions on the defense is having a strong linebacking core. So I'm excited that the Cowboys actually spent some money on Anthony Barr. Um, While he wasn't my first or second choice, he was definitely my third choice. So I'm glad to see that at least my top three were one of my top three was brought in to help out. Um, Do I did notice he's on the PUP list right now. Currently Um, I'm not entirely sure how long that will be, but hopefully he'll be there week one.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't really think he'll play. At all for preseason. Um, But yeah, I, I think it was not who I thought they were going to get. Apparently it was between the Broncos and Dallas for him to go to. So definitely happy that he went, that he chose to go to Dallas. They did not sign him for all that much, which was surprising. He only got a few million dollar contract, which I don't know. I feel like Anthony Barr would have wanted a lot more, but maybe... Maybe the uh, the Dan Quinn effect is 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 as great as people make it out to be. Um. Besides that, I think that was, I think that might have been one of the big one of the biggest things that happened. Um. Yesterday there was there was a a lot of fights going on at that practice, which was good, I guess, to see some anger being brought out of the team. Got to see Mike McCarthy yell at everyone and tell everyone to, to hike the ball, hike the ball. And I'm, I'm cutting out a few choice words that Mike decided to use. Um, but besides those things, um, the wide receiving core has been really good. Noah Brown looks like A player that i've never seen before the first few years of his career he was a predominant blocking um blocking wide receiver and my memory might be bad but i I feel like the game that he had the most impact in was the rams playoff game in 2018 besides that i've barely seen him him play but he's had a really good camp simi foco has also had a really good camp um so yeah it's it's good to see that. Um Dallas may be able to just go into week one with CD, Noah Brown, Simi, um, Jalen, Dennis Houston, and Turpin and be able to play well, especially if they plan on running the ball as much as I'd assume that they will. So I think that personally, my my desire for them to go want to sign a wide receiver has has gone down a little bit, but if the opportunity presents itself to go get, a, um, a, a top free agent wide receiver, then you can't turn that down, especially if OBJ wants to come whenever he's healthy. I think that would be a really good, um, free agency pickup. But what, what are your thoughts on things that I just said?
0: Well, um, before I, before I break down, uh, anything that you said, I have to get this out of the way quickly before, um, it, it laggers on into the more important things that we have to say. Um, I have a comment for, that I unfortunately have to acknowledge um, from my dear friend uh, Bryson asking me to give an update on Malik Jefferson, who formerly was a UT linebacker Bryson. He will not be playing any meaningful football this year since he is fifth on the depth chart. All right, moving on. Um, I think that, I think that Mike McCarthy yelling, hes he at least earned somewhat of his money by being a vocal voice at, on the field and instilling some discipline in the foolishness of the players. Um, I mean, typically, I don't think of the Dallas Cowboys as really a fighting team. They typically don't get in very many brawls during the year. Um, it was interesting to see them being chippy – to each other. Um, I know there have been a couple of of news and and videos circulating of um, you know, the cornerback cornerback coach getting on this on the secondary players, Trayvon Diggs getting in a verbal match with uh with uh, the cornerback's coach. So, I, I mean, it's it's nice to see some fire from the players and the coaches. It means that they care. We uh, we as fans sometimes believe that not very many players care, but <laughs> it's it or well, yeah, players care. I, I won't throw the coaches under the bus, but um, so yeah, it's nice. To, it's nice to know that they care. Uh, another report coming out of practice was the fact that you know, um, C.D. Lamb made a comment, or not C.D. Lamb. Don Schultz made a comment of Dak throwing as hard as a as a machine. Um, I'm, I Owen was very pleased to hear about that. I was very humored by by that it sounded a lot like the tyree killed to a tug of by comments but that's okay because i would love to to know that dak can throw a football through through a wall so <laughs> if he can throw it through the wall then maybe we'll win more games than i expected and sure. i i forgot the last part of what you said but i'm sure it was you know some somewhere along the lines of the cowboys improving so
1: um of course yeah i I, and for for our comment here you will be able to see a lot of malik jefferson in preseason so grab your popcorn and you can watch him play uh just 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 make make sure that whatever whatever you're looking at on the defense just look for number 45 and you'll be a happy man
0: oh and you're a lot nicer than me uh (laughs) (laughs) um yeah. So that, that, that does it for some, some Cowboys news. Let's move on into some training camp fun. The oh, Dallas, yeah. Cow- the Dallas Cowboys, they will be having a joint practice with none other than the Denver Broncos. Shocker. They play them on Saturday, if you didn't know. But they, they would be doing some joint practice very similar to what the Cowboys did with the Los Angeles Rams. Maybe instead of seeing Aaron Donald getting bullied by, by um,
1: Terrence Ste-
0: or Collins, then we will see Dak Prescott boxing Russell Wilson. So it's really, it's really up in the air on what, what we might see in a joint practice. But if you're really looking for some realistic things, which I'm, which is why hopefully you're here. Um, but yeah, we have, you know, they'll be doing some drills, some first team on first team. You'll see some, you know, offense versus defense. We'll see, C.D. Lamb and Patrick Sertan videos probably. We'll see some Dak press the Dak Prescott offense versus the Broncos defense. Um, we'll get to see how the Dallas offense stacks up. Uh, Owen's been mentioning to me that the off, Dallas Cowboys offense has been on more of the losing side in, in training camp as they would like to be. So we'll see if they can get a spark in a joint practice against another team. Uh, Dallas defense. How does it stack up against Russell Wilson? Uh, is the Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson connection better than the Jerry Judy and whoever else they threw at the quarterback last year? Uh, just kind of some questions that that will hopefully answer both both uh, Cowboys related news and also just you know Denver, the new Denver, and the AF in the AFC and their division with you know the Raiders, Chargers, uh, and the Chiefs. So hopefully multiple fan bases will have some questions answered based on how this joint practice goes, but um, anything, anything that sticks out to you about this upcoming joint practice? Owen?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is that last year, the 2020 to 2021, no 2021 to 2022 season, that was the year that, or that, that the particular game that I think ruined the season was the Denver game when they, played quite awful so it'll be good to see how they um respond um, i'm yeah. looking forward to that um remember last year Connor williams and anthony donald got into a fight and, yeah no i i think i'm i messed up his first name but AD. aaron donald yes aaron donald my apologies you might have to a, write him a letter now <laughs> it's been a long day but um Aaron Donald, so they got into a fight, so so maybe maybe we'll see something, but I don't I, I don't expect to see much much hitting. Well, um, I I'd like to see like half tackles, like fifty percent. Um, I think I hope to see um, Ceedee Lamb go up against Pat Sertan. I'd like to see Jerry Judy go up against Diggs. Just just stuff like that. I'll, I I'll care way more about the the um the wide receiver cornerback drills than I will about the seven on seven just because it's different when you're in there in person and watching it on a small little screen to be able to understand everything that's going on which is why preseason is so important because you get because personally we've been seeing all these names about how great players have been and but I, I think it'll be really good to see. On the field, how some of these players who have who really who really have to fight for a position to be on this team. So it'll it'll be good to see because I remember I usually if players play really poorly, we'll be cut the next day. So we'll we'll really we'll really start to see this team shape get like good shape uh, Sunday morning. So I'm looking forward to seeing the depth chart slowing down a little bit maybe they decide to bring in a few guys in free agency but it's uh it's week one of preseason usually week three is the one that i care about or week two now i guess with it being only three weeks
0: yeah and what a what a great what a great time to transition into the preseason oh yeah um we we have we have opening day, everyone, uh, for NFL football. Not week one, week one of the preseason. So everyone, you know, get excited, get some popcorn, you sit down, maybe put some sunglasses over your eyes, maybe turn on an alternative screen as well if you get bored, <laughs> because it's gonna be a long couple of weeks. Um, but don't worry because there we we do have some things for you to you know to um pay attention to that will keep you motivated and interested in actually continuing to watch the, the preseason after the first quarter. Um, but just to, before we get there, just some quick notes um, who you will probably not see on the field. I bet you could have guessed it. You won't see Dak Prescott in week one. Won't see Ezekiel Elliott in week one, unless they're on the side, unless you're they pan a camera to the sideline. Uh, Tony Pollard. I don't think he will play. He could play. Um, uh, Ceedee Lamb, Demarcus Lawrence, pa- Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Leighton Van Rish, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin probably will not see any of those very wonderful, beautiful faces on your screen and <laughs> helmet and pads. Um, but and and as for you know the Broncos, uh, Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, all those lovely people, you probably won't see them either. Um, so you'll have to wait till Week One to see to see those people, but. Or even week three, who knows? Week three of preseason. But uh, let's talk about the um, the wonderful faces you will see on the field. You have the uh, Cooper Rushes of the world, the Will Greers of the world, the Benton of the world. So oh, yeah. they'll all be getting some some time on the field. You'll get to see which quarterback that you, you'll get to find out what quarterback you think will be the QB2. And hopefully will not play this year. But uh, and then we have you know wide receivers Jalen, the rookie Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown. He's he's been a very familiar face when it comes to the preseason. Uh, we have uh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce his name. Simmy Foco Fioco.
1: F- oh, sorry, I have the pronunciation guide next to me. It is hoco.
0: Okay, Semi Fehoko. Beautiful. Um, he will be playing. He's had some. Owen has been mentioning his name quite a lot in camp. Um, and if you have uh, seen, if you have been on Twitter, you will know him very well, as he is is a main feature in a Trayvon Diggs video. Um, That's I will leave it true. at there. I will not go any further. I have <laughs> I have slandered the man enough. Some may even say I was the reason he deleted his Twitter, but um <laughs> I digress. And last but not least, we have the new face, Mr. Uh Javante Turpin out of the nice. AFL. Yeah, the U the USAFL. That nice. sounds about right. Um the for the MVP of said league who was signed to the Dallas Cowboys about a week ago. He will probably most likely see some time in the preseason. Look for him to come out of and reverses, return punts, catch passes, do all those fun things. And uh moving on to the interior, Tyler Smith, a very our very lovely controversial first-round pick. Uh look to see his face. Uh, Sam Williams, the second round pick, and then just I'm um, spitballing here. We might see Josh Ball, who was drafted last year. Uh, John Ridgeway out of Arkansas, um, we'll see him. And then, and then the secondary: Nation Wright, Darren uh, Duron Bland, the rookie, Kyron Brown, who we got from the Jets. He had a nice play in the joint practice against the Rams last year. Uh, intercepted the you know, Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford. Um and then we have, you know, rookie Jake Ferguson. And then also I put this in as a wild card. Terrence Steele might play. So you might see him out there. But those are the guys I have who are not gonna play. Those and then some guys who I think will play. Owen, do you have anyone to remove, change or add to any of those
1: lists? Um Calvin Joseph, I think that he has a lot to prove. Uh Mar- Marquise Bell, who was like Dallas's best UDFA that, that they signed, he he's had he's been playing a lot with the ones, so it'll be it'll be good to see how he can play, and I I hope that he gets I hope that some of the stuff that I think the biggest the biggest thing that I think all of us want to see is just some of the guys that are making the plays in, on video translate into, into game because you can have guys who are great in practice but are horrible in game and you could have vice versa so hopefully but names besides that um devin harper i'm not sure if you if you said his name um linebacker who's a rookie um
0: I got him and the other and the other line, rookie linebacker confused. Okay. One of them was the guy who is not probably not going to play this yeah, year. Demon Dem- Clark, he
1: may play. Yeah. we'll see though. Um Tristan Hill, he, I, I heard mm-hmm. he's had a good camp. It'd be nice to see him. Um,
0: we we love Tristan Hill over here. Yes.
1: Besides that. Um. Dennis Houston, Dak's like favorite target in camp right now. It'll be good to see him play. But I, I think you did. I think you did very well.
0: Oh well, I I appreciate that. Um, you know, do, Um. Yeah, it it was a very. I'm very impressed with myself that I got most of those guys right. Um, you obviously that won't be the only people playing. It is an eleven-on-eleven 11 game where you need reserves, so look for there to be a lot more humans on the field at different times. <laughs> but those are the main people that you should look out for.
1: Yes, um,
0: and then just you know, like I said, what are some things that you should look for to keep you interested, for more than the first fifteen minutes of the football game? Um, here are some things that I thought of. You have Mr. Tyler Smith, um, him being a very controversial selection. Uh, there are some reports that some of the you know, coaching staff was not on board with his selection. Um, we'll, we'll leave that at there. That could be true or not true. Nobody really knows other than Jerry Jones, the Cowboys, and those, those coaches. But um, some things that, you know, how does he perform in, in his first real-life game action? Uh, how does he perform in the running game? How does he perform in the passing game? Uh, we'll, we'll see a lot of that uh, when he's out there on the field, any penalties, is he going to get called for any holding penalties, any false start penalties? Uh, He was a very penalized player in college, so it'll be our first time to see if he's kind of worked on that. If he can get, if he can get out of the game penalty free, that would be remarkable. Uh, it would, it would definitely shut me up a little bit after I've been using that, you know, excuse a lot to make fun of him and discredit the Cowboys front office, but Um, we'll, we'll get to watch, watch that. Also, you know, how, what are his weaknesses? Like where, where we're going to see sometimes he is a rookie he's going to make mistakes. So we're going to see him make mistakes. Where does he make those mistakes is in the running game or is in the passing game? Um, what type of player is going to, is, is what type of rusher is he going to have the most trouble with? Is it the bull rusher swim moves, all that fun stuff. So just kind of, you know, when you're watching, if um, if you know his number, then just kind of zero in on him, see what he's doing every play. You'll get a good feel on if he was if he's moving in the right direction, if you could see him, you know, even transitioning into the left tackle role once Tyron Smith, unfortunately, but deservingly hangs it up for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just I kind of had a, an outlier. Does he play any left tackle? or if he, yeah. or is, or are they just going to have him at left guard the entire the entire time he's out there. Like will he move to left tackle? Will he stay at left guard? We'll see. But that's the first one. Second one is our very fate is Owen and Mine's favorite topic of the last week, the kicking battle. Um the Dallas Ooh. Cowboys they've they've had a very very eventful camp when it comes to kicking the football inside the uprights. They've had a very difficult time doing that the last couple of days. And overall, um, another fun name, Liam Harula. Uh, he has not been kicking very well. They already cut Mr. Jonathan Garibay out of Texas tech. And I, so, and they waved him for a very special man, who has brought a lot of different emotions to Cowboys fans anywhere. Mr. Brett Maher, give him a round of applause. He is officially Maher. back on the Dallas Cowboys, which is a very painful, painful thing indeed. Uh, but who knows, maybe he'll kick well. He did have a decent season last year when he was kicking the football. So he's going to be given an opportunity to win the kicking job for the Cowboys this offseason. So it'll be interesting to see if Brett Maher and um, Liram play uh, on Saturday. Will they both kick field goals? Will they split off each half? Like, how are the Cowboys going to be, you know, using the preseason game to figure that out, or will they just cut one of the kickers before the game even starts and just roll with the other one? We'll see. Uh, the Cowboys they they've made it very clear based on their actions that they don't really care about the special teams that much. Uh, is very shocking considering that the Packers actually lost their uh NFC, NFC playoff game because of the special teams. But, but I guess the Cowboys don't really care about it. it, must be a Packers former coach or or current coach type of thing. Who I don't know, but uh, moving on to the third and final thing to look out for, uh, from me, you have the QB2 battle. So, even though Cooper Rush is the only quarterback other than Dak to win and or start and win a an NFL football game. It appears that Will Greer has closed the gap substantially um in camp, the former West Virginia quarterback who did light up Texas and beat Texas a couple of times. Shout out to all the Texas fans one in particular. Uh but he is he is playing he's playing very well in camp according to Owen. Um, I would I did not know that until today, but he is he is um uh, going to get a lot of significant playing time on Saturday. Look for Ben DiNucci to also see a lot of time. He is a cowboy favorite of being terrible. Um, he's he does a lot of very poor things on the field, throws a lot of interceptions. Though maybe he fixed his throwing mechanics, we don't really know, but he'll see the field. Has he improved in his third year from his first and second year? Um, what does he have? On the, he, what does he have to bring to the table? Cause it's likely going to be his last chance to really stay on the team. Uh, they've spent three years on him. He hasn't really developed how they would have liked him to develop. So it's, it's, it's not likely that they're going to waste any more time on him if he, if he doesn't have a good preseason. So this is kind of his do or die moment, I believe. But just a quick side note Will Greer, he is dealing with a, a groin issue so he will be evaluated and it will determine on whether or not he actually plays um hopefully he does play it would be a shame if he didn't when with you know playing really well in, in camp and then not really getting a chance to really earn the the backup position just because he's not able to really see the field in preseason but i, I always want the best guy to win the position so hopefully he'll be able to get out there and play and then also Cooper Rush, he'll also see some time. He'll probably see the least amount of time out of the three. But just something to look out for. Um, quarterback controversies are always fun, even though, if they're not for the QB1 position. But, yeah, those are the three things that I think stand out to me in regards to this preseason game and what to look out for. Owen, do you have any anything to add?
1: Uh, that's a good three. I, if I would assume what's going to happen um... – I probably I would I would assume that Cooper Rush and uh, Will Greer will get the first half and then Ben Denucci the sidearm magician will get the second half and just see how he's played. Um besides that I want to see how TJ Vosher plays. He's been a highlight reel in camp and it'd be nice to see if that translates or if he's just a camp guy. Um, I'd like to see how Nation Wright plays. Because if I go based off of the 2022 unofficial Dallas Cowboys depth chart, he is the third cornerback. So it goes Trayvon, Anthony Brown, um, Nation Wright, Kelvin Joseph. So as hmm. of right now, Mr. Kelvin is in number four. He is the backup to Anthony Brown. Um, Nation Wright has had a really good camp. So I know a lot of people were mad at Dallas when 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 they drafted him, but maybe he's he's turning things around. Also, like I said before, how to see how um how Marquise Bell plays. Um, but I think to just agree with Ray here, what I'm most looking forward to is just seeing how Tyler Smith plays and to answer your question before. Dallas, um, they, they've they kind of used him at left tackle, but for preseason, I, I've, I may be wrong. I read that he'll only be left guard. They, they don't want to confuse him or well, they don't want to make him do too much and like mm-hmm. overwork him. But I think that this team is quite young besides like you have your few outliers, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they play. And, Make make me excited for the for the team. It'll be it'll be good to to see him go out there and play. And like, like like always, I'm just looking forward to seeing Brian Anger kick some 70 or punts. Yes, it makes, me as it well. Makes me look forward to Dallas going three and out. I get to mm. see him just kick beauties.
0: Yeah, and I mean we know in in Brian Engler being the best player on the Cowboys, it's really nice to see him in the preseason. Cause typically you won't you won't see the best player on any team it's in true. the preseason until the third week.
1: Or but, no, the Ravens, Justin Tucker.
0: Right, correct. He he will be he will be seeing the field as well. Uh congrats to him as well for signing a very big contract. Uh, well-deserving. One Texas player that I actually appreciate and respect, Mr. Justin Tucker. Um, But yeah, moving on to uh, a segment that evolves around the position that the man behind me played, the quarterback position. We're going to be doing something a little bit different. Typically, we do a little bit of debate in multiple segments, but today we are going to throw a lot of time into just one specific topic and see if it sticks or not. So, this this segment's going to be the uh, all about the quarterback position. Uh, I know very catchy and clever. I just copied the name <laughs> of the podcast and replaced a couple words. But um, so here are the rules that I have kind of formulated on my own that Owen has, you know, seen and approved of. We so each of us, each of us are going to get five to seven minutes to, you know, make our argument. So, we'll we'll be you know giving saying, hey, I think that it is this, and here's why. Um, each of us are going to go after one another, and then after each of us have gone. We're going to have a rebuttal that is uninterrupted. This sounds very much like a presidential debate, except for the fact that it will actually be an uninterrupted rebuttal. And finally, just have some nice, nice, friendly banter and discussion. But ultimately, can we find the answer to the question? Because it's not about, you know, talking to a brick wall. It's about can we come to a, an answer together and figure out whether or not the topic is this, or yes, we must not. We must not talk to the wall. We must talk to the person. So, um, yes, very great imagery, very well done. Um, yeah, yeah. The point of this is to find a solution and an answer, but also to have fun and have some friendly banter and debate. So let's get into the topic. Now, this topic has been a very, very Frequent topic amongst myself and my fellow co-host, Owen. We have a lot of of QB arguments um, throughout the years, including, you know, the man behind me, Mr. Tony, and the man who is currently playing football for the Cowboys, Mr. Dak Prescott, and also just uh, random quarterbacks, the Mr. Matthew Stafford, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, Mr. Justin Herbert, Mr. Joe Burrow, Mr. Derek Carr, all those lovely human beings who play very great football from time to time. And so I just, I just thought it would be a very great idea to really bring this topic to the podcast. And it it's really a more centered around the, the general position, not necessarily the Cowboys, but I think it relates to really any team that you're covering. But so the question I have today is how important is the quarterback position actually? Because, there, you know, the quarterback is always going to be the person when the cow, when the, for example, if the Cowboys lose, Dak Prescott gets most of the blame because he is the starting quarterback. If the Packers lose, it's Aaron Rod, it's placed at Aaron Rodgers' feet. So we're going to kind of dive into really how important is the quarterback to a team? Do they deserve as much blame as they get when they win? Do they get too much credit, or, or do they deserve as much blame when they lose? Do they deserve as much credit as when they win? Um, over time, has the media overrated the quarterback position on a team? And then also, we're just going to dive into some you know, questions like, can you win a Super Bowl with a quarterback or with an elite? Can you win a Super Bowl with a blow or average quarterback in 2022? I say 2022 because now it is an era of passing. Um, a lot of teams are throwing the football a lot more. There's a lot of talent in the NFL at the quarterback position. So we're just going to have to dive in a little bit into that. And then also Owen's favorite topic, the team versus the quarterback debate. Is it the team that deserves the credit or is it the quarterback that deserves the credit when you have a QB change and the team goes from being a good team that doesn't win to a, great team that wins once you make a quarterback change. So that is the, that is the game plan. And as a very humble and kind human, I will allow Mr. Owen to take the four and he oh, gets sweet. to
1: start. All right. So obviously quarterback position is the most difficult to play, um, but it can be the most fruitful with the biggest contracts in I'm going to kind of talk about regular season and then like split that up between postseason. So regular, regular season, I think you can, a quarterback can kind of lack, but if your team is good enough, then it can kind of even out. Um, But if your quarterback played like the Arizona Cardinals where Kyler Murray, whether it's call of duty or whatever it is, they, he plays well in the beginning and everything's fine. And then as soon as the quarterback play goes down, everything goes down. But I do think that in the regular season, you're able to cover up more of those flaws. But as soon as you step into the postseason, if the quarterback is not on their A game, and if you're supporting cast like your defense or your O-line or your running back, if they don't work twice as hard to make up for the quarterback then 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 it's oh then it's over so i think that that the quarterback play is much more important in the postseason which may be obvious to some people um i i i do i do think that that sometimes um the quarterbacks can get a little bit too much blame for wins and or a little too much blame for losses and a little bit too much praise for wins um just I know this is going to sound a little um, like a little like a backstab, but if you look at Dak, his rookie year, he had 13 wins. But if you look at game by game, Zeke was, and the offensive line, just everything was, was a big reason why, why Dak had 13 wins. And and there were, there there were a lot of games where Dak had comeback drives. And if you look at his second game against the, um commanders coming off of a difficult loss to the giants them him going up and defeating kurt cousins if if you look at i I think that for a quarterback if it's if the game-winning drive like matthew stafford had three of in the postseason then the quarterback should get a lot of a lot of the hype for the win if it's a game-ending interception then yes the quarterback should get a lot of blame but if a team just loses i think that the whole team should get blamed. Sure, the quarterback will be scrutinized the most, but I think that every player deserves some blame. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that that when when you look at a team, the quarterback play is the, is the thing that gets talked about the most. And I'm sure that Ray and I always talk him and I. Whenever we look at a game, we're always the first thing we look at is the stat line for the quarterback, just because if just just because that that'll kind of gauge how the game or how what what, you, what you're gonna see for the game. Now, one thing that I know Ray and I have talked about as of late is um, we were talking about if you need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl or if you can just if if you can just have a bad one and get in and then miraculously win. I do think that in the Super Bowl, and I, I hope that 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 soon we are able to see another, Mahomes um, Brady Super Bowl or a Rogers Mahomes. Well, that that that'd be great to see. But I, I do think, what you laughing for?
0: Oh, you just you, uh, you said you would love to see a Rogers Mahomes Super Bowl. That would I would. That would require Rodgers making the Super Bowl. Yes,
1: exactly. I don't think he can, but unless he changes teams. But I um, I, I do think that it would be good to see two of the better, if not best, throwers thorough, of the football, effortless throwers of the football to do it. Um, but I think that, that the one game that I always think about for a bad quarterback making it was the – Patriots Ram Super Bowl, where after three quarters the game was tied three three, and the Patriots ended up winning thirteen three. Now Jared Goff, he was the first, yeah, he was the first quarterback taken, and then obviously Carson once was after. And I'll I'll talk about the draft as the last thing, and then Ray, you can take it and kind of shoot down everything I have to say. <laughs> but I I do think that you can get you can make it. To a Super Bowl with a bad with a bad quarterback. There have been teams that have made it with a bad quarterback. But to have a chance to win, your quarterback has to be on par with the other team's quarterback or slightly above, or if it's below, your team has to be that much better than the other team. And when when I think about teams that were that were good. And then a quarterback was the next step. I think about Denver. They have a really good team, and hopefully Russell Wilson will help them. Sadly, Glitterson, in, like, the toughest division in football. I think the Buccaneers were a really good team before Brady, but Jameis Winston is not the quarterback he is now. And also the Rams. The Rams were always on the cusp of greatness, but they were held back due to quarterback play. And the last thing that I want to talk about and then Ray can say his thing. And then we can kind of go back and forth is that in the draft, I think that the quarterbacks that are taken in the first 10 picks are put on this, this pedestal and that every other quarterback be- below that is treated not so high. You have quarterbacks like Brady, obviously Russell Wilson, Dak, probably hundreds more that were in the later rounds that ended up being franchise pieces. And I do think that it would be nice because this draft was it was a perfect um, was a perfect example of that. The Steelers, for whatever reason, picked the picked Kenny Pickett, and as of right now, he's their third quarterback on the on the depth chart. But then you have teams like Titans who just used a later round or a mid round pick to get Malik Willis, and he's having a strong camp. And there are other guys um, like Sam Howell. Shout out Nick. UNC, who's having a really strong camp for the Commanders, and is looking like the much better pick than Kenny Pickett, but obviously we'll we'll we'll, we'll cross that road when we get there. Um, but I I think that I think that overall, in conclusion, I think that quarterbacks get way too much hate if they lose. And they get way too much praise if they win, unless it's a comeback win, or a last last second, whatever you want to call it. And hopefully in the future we kind of stay away from quarterback wins as it being a stat. Because you have great quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, whose whose records were not all that good. But
0: did you, just say, did you sure. just say great? Did you just say great? that's you on that's crazed. on that's on tape. You you yes, just it messed it. That is on tape. It will or be clipped immediately. <laughs>
1: or um, you have, like, like in 2014, Lions-Cowboys, um, if DeMarcus Lawrence wasn't didn't play like he did and get back-to-back strip sacks, and if the refs didn't miss a blatant defensive pass interference call, then maybe our deception of Matthew Stafford would, would be very different, and Dallas would only have two playoff wins. So, but... Overall, I, I do think that quarterbacks get way too much hate, but there is there's a reason why the the talent for quarterbacks is so so large because you have teams like Seattle who have no idea what they're going to do. out of Geno Smith, um, Drew Locke, and you have teams like the Chargers who won't need a quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. So there is definitely – um, a very wide, from one to thirty-two. There's definitely a very big difference. Um, which is why it's is one of my favorite things to talk about is like, who's your top ten quarterbacks? Everyone's a different top ten. But overall, I know I've said a lot. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on all of the the questions?
0: Yeah. So, well, <laughs> side note before I get into my spiel um the the refs did not miss the blatant pass interference in 2014 they actually threw the flag they just chose oh, yes. to ignore yes they yes, just yes. They chose to ignore the blatant pass interference uh, My apologies. 12 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter but i mean i really appreciated them for picking up the flag it allowed for you know mr the man behind me who i who has been very gracious to join to join us for this show to lead the Cowboys on the on a game-winning drive of their own, uh, complete an additional fourth-quarter comeback to his resume, and ultimately find Terrence Williams for a touchdown. And it was a very happy happy day for me. Unfortunately, the next week I was in shambles. Now <laughs> moving on, um, just to just to get just to get started. Uh, yes, I believe that you know. An elite passer is not overrated and should not be overlooked and should not be discredited when it comes to a football team, especially an NFL football team. Um, to start, to start off, before I get into most of the questions, I'm just going to kind of go through the the list of the, the the quarterbacks who played in the Super Bowl since Super Bowl 42. So. Oh. Um, first one we got we got Eli Manning and Tom Brady. Um, Eli Manning uh, orchestrated a game winning drive in the Super Bowl, and he is a he is a very controversial quarterback. I have a lot of respect for Eli Manning for not only beating Tom Brady twice, but also I watched him play o- over and over and over again against the Cowboys, and he always had a knack for coming back and going on a game winning drive of his own. And he was a lot more clutch than than people give him credit for, and you know, playing with the paper thin offensive line in New York all of his career, it you know it 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 handicapped him, and where, in in ways it did not handicap Mr. Tony Romo, who was a lot more mobile in the pocket than Eli was. But um, I have respect for Eli Manning. and, and he may or may not see the Hall of Fame. We'll see. But he was he was going up against the, the regular season MVP of that year, Tom Brady. And Eli Manning got the best of him in that Super Bowl. Moving on, we have uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He played Kurt Warner in the following Super Bowl. It was a Cardinals-Steelers Cardinals, um, uh, matchup. Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer. He has played very great football at the quarterback position his entire year and has two Super Bowl rings to his resume. Kurt Warner has a Super Bowl ring of his own. Um, he really kind of you know, revamped the Cardinals offense when he got there. The Cardinals were not a great football team before Kurt Warner. He really, when he showed up, their offense went from running, went from, Pedestrian to great, especially in the passing game. Um, Quite like Kurt Warner with the Rams back in the old days. Uh, But um, Ben Ben Roethlisberger got the best of Kurt Warner. He also had a game-winning drive of his own. Um, Moving on, we have the Drew Brees, New New Orleans Saints versus the Peyton Manning Colts. Drew Brees won the Super Bowl MVP that game, won the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was the regular season MVP. So, so far we have, you know, we have really good to really great to greatest of all time type quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Moving on, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he won the MVP the year after he won the Super Bowl versus again, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Both of those quarterbacks will be Hall of Famers um, after that. Eli Manning again, another game winning drive versus Tom Brady once again coming in clutch in the super bowl and then we have one of the we have the most we have one of the more interesting but also outlier um super bowls we have mr joe flacco super bowl mvp versus colin kaepernick uh colin kaepernick replaced alex smith this year when alex smith went down with a concussion he colin he played great football at the quarterback position he was honestly his career was on a very vertical to the right trajectory um, at this point and we all kind of know what happened in, in towards the you know more recently but at this time he was considered by a lot of people as a very good quarterback and he made the Super Bowl with the 49ers and he was going up against Joe Flacco who while he was not a very great performer in the regular season, he always seemed to be able to flip the switch in the postseason and in the in this particular postseason he was able to take out Tom Brady in the AFC championship game um he also took out uh Peyton Manning in the divisional round as well and the very next year he had a shot to beat Tom Brady again in the AFC championship game just quite couldn't kept, get the breaks to fall his way but Joe Flacco has always been always been a very solid playoff quarterback if you go back and kind of look at the numbers and the games that he's been in but moving on we we move on to the Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning Super Bowl uh, at the time, Russell Wilson was was more of a game manager player. But if you go back and let it, look at his numbers, his first couple of years, you'll see that he was very successful throwing the football as well. Turnovers were down, touchdowns were to up. He was very consistent. And uh, that Super Bowl, he was going against the MVP of the league, Peyton Manning. Uh, that game was a was a was a blowout. Not very much to talk about there. Uh, next year, Tom Brady and the, and Russell Wilson, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl that year. And then following that Peyton Manning, Cam Newton, Cam Newton was the MVP. Peyton Manning was on his last legs. However, it showed in that game that the more experienced quarterback was going to, was the was the victor. <laughs> although he did have a lot of help from his defense. Um, Peyton Manning made just enough plays in that game for the Broncos to win. And he also – he did most of his damage the week before against Tom Brady. Uh, ne- very next year again, Tom Brady once again in the Super Bowl versus the league MVP Matt Ryan. I think you're seeing a trend right now. Um, Tom Brady, game-winning drive in overtime. Matt Ryan is the clown of the, of the game moving <laughs> on. Um, and then our outlier. Nick Foles and Tom Brady. Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback currently. I don't he may or may not even be on a team right now. If he is, he's a third on the depth chart, maybe second. I don't know. But he was the MVP of the Super Bowl for the Eagles. He won the Super Bowl um, in a very high shootout game against the MVP of the league, Tom Brady. And I'm honestly I'm very happy that this is the outlier because if you go back and look at Nick Foles' numbers in that playoffs, he was remarkable, and his performance from his, the wild card week through the Super Bowl should not be discredited by all means. And in case you thought that was a fluke, the very next play, the very next play, uh, postseason, he was also well on his way for leading the Eagles once again really deep. Um, Solid. He's backing up Matt Ryan. Um he was he was well on his way to doing that to doing the very next thing if Alshon Jeffrey was not the clown of that playoffs by dropping a very easy first down completion. But moving on, Tom the the, the Super Bowl that Tom, that Owen mentioned, uh Jared Goff, Tom Brady, and Tom Brady was able to get the game winning drive game winning drive and make enough plays to actually win the game. Uh Just really quickly spitballing. Pat Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo choked. Mahomes did not. They won. Tom Brady, Mahomes. Um, Tom Brady won very easily. Mahomes could not do very much um, behind his uh, sandpaper offensive line. And uh, finally, we reach this year, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford, game-winning drive of his own. Joe Burrow played very well, who was the comeback player of the year, retching it. Wretching the carpet from under Dak Prescott winning the award and ultimately leading the Bengals to not only their first playoff win in 20 plus years, but also their first Super Bowl appearance in pretty much 20 plus years. And uh just moving on to the main topic of this of my side of the debate, but all of these most of these. I would say 85% of the quarterbacks that I mentioned since Super Bowl 42 are either going to be in the Hall of Fame or the current elites of the NFL currently. So if you just look at that list, you would say by just by just percentages, the teams that are playing in the Super Bowl in the last 10, 12 years. Um, are going to be this team's with the elite quarterbacks, um, leading them, but going into just kind of can how do the how do quarterbacks change life for a team? And I have a couple of examples that I brought up. The first one being the 2012 Broncos, and that is the year that Peyton Manning became a Bronco. And, And just a little backstory the team, the Broncos, before Peyton Manning arrived, they finished eight and eight. In that, in the season prior, their offense was 25th worst in the league. They were quarterbacked by Tim Tebow, who, if you do not know who he is, he could not really throw very well. So their passing game was very, very limited. Um, As soon as they added Peyton Manning in the offseason, they became the number two offense of the league. Uh, Demaryius Thomas and Eric Decker, the uh-huh. top two receiving targets for the Broncos. Demaryius Thomas had 1434 yards, 10 touchdowns. Eric Decker, 1,064 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, Thomas had an 863-yard increase from one season to the next and a six-touchdown increase. Um, Eric Decker had a 452-yard increase mm-hmm. and a five-touchdown increase, so you'll see how the the receiving core really improved when the new quarterback got there, as well as the record. Uh, they improved their record by five wins, and Manning won the MVP that year. So, in conclusion, Peyton Manning with the Broncos won one Super Bowl and went to two AFC Championship games and won both of them. So, in the Broncos' case. Switching quarterbacks was the reason why they became the team that they are. And as soon as Manning left, they have not made the playoffs sense and still kept a very quality um, overall team, but then have been lacking a solid, solidified quarterback for a very long time. Hopefully Russell Wilson can bring life back to the Denver Broncos. But moving on, uh, we now find ourselves with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is a more recent, a lot more people know about this one. They finished 7-9 the year before Brady got there. Jameis Winston was, had 30 touchdowns, but also 30 interceptions. Um, their offense ranked a little bit better than the Broncos. They ranked 19th best in the league. Once they added Tom Brady, their record went up to 11-5. Offensive ranking went up 16 spots to third. They were the Super Bowl champion their very first year and won four straight playoff games the last time the Bucks had been in the playoffs before then was two thousand and seven, so they had been it had been a very long playoff drought for the Bucks. And as soon as Tom Brady got there, they not only made the playoffs but they also won the Super Bowl. Um, and then just to kind of you know go on to solidify Brady seven more touchdowns, but eighteen fewer interceptions than Winston, and just kind of the takeaway for that team. Winston, he was a very talented player. If you look at his numbers with the Bucks, they are overall, other than that year, very decent and solid. But his turnovers really hurt the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And just by adding Tom Brady, who is a much, who's a lot more careful with the football and can do just about what James Winston can do, they were able to completely flip their football team and ultimately become champions. Uh, moving on to the 2021, 2022, Los Angeles Rams. Now this one is a little bit more controversial, uh depending based off what Owen said in his remarks. Um, the The Rams they were they've been a playoff team really since McVay has been there, and with McVay as his coach, Jared Goff has been gone 38 and 15. So he is not a bad quarterback, and really if you look at his numbers, he's 63% completions, 1800 yards. 107 TDs and 55 picks. So if you, if you give those numbers of a quarterback, I'm sure Owen would say, give me that quarterback right now in my, on my football team. So um, that, is, that is the quarterback that the Rams had with uh, Sean McVay as their signal caller. So against the Bucs, the, um, the, the Rams offense, which had been pretty much unstoppable all year, Bill Belichick was able to figure out exactly how to slow them down. And ultimately make their offense obsolete. And really, I mean, the Rams did the same thing to the to the Patriots. It was a very low scoring, very boring Super Bowl for a lot of the viewers that year. But it, when it came down to the end, the quarterback who made the play to win was the better, more experienced, more elite, uh, the champion Tom Brady, who was able to lead his team on a game winning drive and ultimately seal the deal and win the Super Bowl. Um, Fast forward to 2022 after the Rams finally decided that Jared Goff was not going to get them over the hump. They traded for Matthew Stafford. Um, What Matthew Stafford was able to do for the Rams in his one and only season on the team, he was able to completely unlock Cooper Cup, who had been a solid receiver with Jared Goff. He became one of the top three receivers in the league and ultimately went Offensive Rookie of the Year, having arguably the best receiving season of any receiver in the history of the NFL um, the Rams continued to win. Their offense was still top ten, finishing sixth. Um, and with the, in the playoffs, Stafford he really he gave them that final push that they needed in big games. He had three game winning drives back to back to back: divisional against the Bucks, conference championship against the Forty Nine ers, and then ultimately Super Bowl against the Bengals. Went on all three game winning drives and won all three games. Um, and also, just a side note. In that game against the Bengals, pretty much the entire offense was was hindered because Cooper Cup was the only target by the end of that by that final drive. And everybody knew where the ball was going to go. And the, the Bengals knew where the ball was going to go. And Stafford still found ways to get Cooper Cup the football in big pressure situations. And it led to them ultimately getting the touchdown and winning the game. But if if you if you're if you just woke up yesterday and didn't know Matthew Stafford played with the Detroit lions for 99% of his career. And the Lions have been pretty terrible for a very long time, even with Stafford as their quarterback. However, playing on the lions, he was able to still have 38 game-winning drives, 31, fourth quarter comebacks. Um, The court, the 31, fourth quarter comebacks, that's fifth all time and game-winning drives number one since entering the league. So Matthew Stafford has been a very great quarterback and really kind of made the Detroit Lions a scary opponent to play, even though they weren't very good. Um, As soon as he got a little bit of of a chance in a good spot, he went and proved himself in the biggest pressure situations. Win or go home, do or die, fourth quarter, got to win the game, three straight comeback or game-winning drives in a Super Bowl. So ultimately, from those examples, I come to this conclusion. One, the quarterback is very important. Um, to a team it should not be overlooked it should not be discredited Too, um, other than the nick Foles situation if you are wanting to win a super bowl n- nine times out of 10 99 times out of 100 you're going to need a very top elite signal caller at, that has your back because ultimately you're most likely going to be playing a elite solid solidified clutch signal caller on the opposition so you're going to need someone to match him in that game. As for what Owen said about um, the regular season, I completely agree. You can use you, you can hide your deficiencies in your quarterback game during the regular season with your running game, your defense, all of that. But as soon as you make the playoffs and your quarter and your and those things are taken away from you, that's when you need your quarterback to show up. So, yes, the playoffs are going to be a little bit more significant than the regular season. Also, I do think that the quarterback shares too much blame um, and also gets a little bit too much credit, but that's just the name of the game when you're playing quarterback and you're the most important position on your
1: team. That was very thorough. Oh, did very, well. did very well. did very well. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of stuff that you we did. we we might you have said. to
0: cut out the five to seven minutes because I <laughs> took twelve.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you said. Um that was I, that was good how you brought up records from different teams before their quarterbacks and how they tra- how they transition. Especially with, with the Sean McVay effect. I think that him on any team was a really great coach but one thing that i want to do that i don't I, I don't think i just thought of it while we were doing the show i'm going to give you a quarterback for all 32 teams and you're going to tell me if you think they can win a super bowl like they don't, don't worry about their team but like are they capable of winning one if they had a great team does it, sorry, okay just put the team away just like are they worthy of like can they win one on their on their own mm-hmm. okay so Mr. Josh Allen.
0: Um yes. Okay,
1: I think the same. Lamar Jackson. No. I think yes. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I think the same. Justin Herbert. Yes. I think the same. Jalen Hurts. No. <laughs> I think the same. Josh Burrow. Uh
0: yeah. Uh, um uh Joe Burrow, but yes. Sorry. Yes. yes.
1: Yes. Joe Burrow. I think the same, Kyler Murray. No. I think the same, Tom Brady. Yes. I think no. I, I'm just joking. Yes, obviously, Russell Wilson. Yes. I think um. I'll, I'll give a I'll give a sideways thumb. Trey Lance. No. Dak Prescott slash Cooper Rush. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, I. I I, I, I'll have to agree. Uh, it, it depends. Matthew Stafford.
0: Yes. We saw it last year.
1: Kirk Cousins. No. Derek Carr.
0: Haven't seen enough, no.
1: Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Justin Fields. I'm I'm yes for Aaron. Justin Fields. No. Tua.
0: No. Trevor Lawrence. I have no idea,
1: but right now, no. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Uh, no. Matt Ryan. It's a tough one. Not not
0: current Matt Ryan, no. Goff. Prime Matt Ryan, maybe no, but uh, maybe but current Matt Ryan, no.
1: Jared Goff. No. Jameis Winston. Negative, Mister Ryan Tannehill,
0: Texas A&M wide receiver. No,
1: Mac Jones. No, Carson Wentz.
0: Nada. Was
1: Cal- Zach Wilson? Uh,
0: not at this present time.
1: Davis Mills.
0: Definitely no. Marcus Mariota.
1: No. Baker. No, <laughs> Mitch. No, Deshaun Watson.
0: If he plays, yes. If he doesn't, no.
1: Geno Smith,
0: slash no. Drew Lock.
1: So there's no. like eleven, maybe maybe a few. Lower. No. But there's, there's the, the in Ray's eyes, there are eleven starting quarterbacks out there that can win, but. 11 will not win it and i think that just shows that you need to have a really good team around you to be able to get there i th- I think that for weeks one through it's 18 you have to have a great team but the last three but the last three or four playoff games have to have all the playoff games are led by your quarterback so i mm-hmm. think it's a tale of two different leagues
0: yeah and um that is that is a great point. I mean ov- obviously the quarter it's not a one-on-one skills challenge between the QBs. You you do hand the ball off, you do play defense, you do kick field goals, all of that stuff in a football game. Um how I would how I would co- or counter that is if you look at it from this perspective, if you if you place a team like the uh, let's just let's just use the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an example. If you place the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and and then you have your eleven quarterbacks that I said, and you say and you go down the line, you say I'm gonna put Tom Brady in this system. Is he gonna win? Can he win the Super Bowl? Yes. Am I gonna place Joe Burrow in this system? Can he win the Super Bowl? Yes. If I place Matt Ryan in the system, is he going to win the Super Bowl? Maybe and probably not. If I place Derek Carr in the system, is he going to win the Super Bowl? We don't know. We haven't seen it. Like just stuff like that. It, like you can have a great team, like I said, with, you know, with the Rams. You can have a great, phenomenal team. But if your quarterback is not, it cannot get it done when you need him to get it done, then you're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's just it's not going to happen. So, uh, I mean, the the quarterback position he is does rely on his defense and his play and the players around him to help him out. But ultimately, um, the quarterback does control the outcome of the game in a lot of different ways, with protecting the football, with converting on third downs, with making plays, throwing touchdowns, audibling. Going through, like he, the quarterback does a lot of things, and and that determines an outcome of the game. And as we saw in many games with the Cowboys last year, if you can, the defense can play phenomenal and play their tail off, and only and and only give up thirteen points to the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs. But if Dak Prescott and the offense give a give a goose egg and lay a and and have a dud on their side and only get and only score nine, then the team's gonna lose. And you immediately look at the quarterback and you say he didn't do what he needed to do, and they ultimately lost. So even with a good team or a phenomenal team that plays very well, if your quarterback stinks it up and doesn't do what he needs to do, you're not gonna win. It's just that simple.
1: Then you also have. Like Matthew Stafford, where if if you just change one thing, like uh, it's very different. Like if him against the 49ers, if Ward caught caught that interception, it's a completely different thing we're talking about. And then he's Joe a Burrow, fan. if Joe Burrow was to throw that touchdown to um to Chase, we may be saying that. Jalen um, Ramsey choked, we could be saying a bunch of things. So I definitely or, even if, or, even
0: if, or even if Joe Burrow completed, he he very nearly completed the pass to the other receiver he was throwing to. I believe it was Higgins. And if he mm-hmm. had completed that pass for a first down, then they have four more downs to go down the field. Yeah. So it's not even if he had mm-hmm. found Chase, as if he had completed the pass before getting manhandled by Aaron Donald.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a lot of yeah, I think that yeah, this was definitely a difficult question. Um, I, I do think that this year is going to be. We're gonna we're gonna find out how good Derek Carr is because he has because he has the best wide receiver in the league. We're gonna find out what Kyler Murray without D Hop in the beginning of the year with no call of duty. We're gonna find out if Dak was a product of. Amari or if he can play without and I think that if Dak can put up the same numbers or even better than he did last year that hopefully he'll get some respect more respect um we're gonna see how Justin Herbert can play with a much better team we're gonna see Mahomes if he's a product of his weapons or if he is as great as everyone says he is um, Brady, maybe his last year, Aaron Rodgers, maybe is last year. So, so I think this year, if there's any year for new fans to get involved in, I think this year is perfect.
0: I I agree. And for, for people like me who were very uh, down in the dumps back in the, back in the 2015, 2016 days when all the greats were getting old and, and brittle and retiring and, thinking that the NFL was screwed and about to be boring. um, I look like a fool because right now we have, there's so much talent at the quarterback position that uh, the NFL is in very solid, good hands. There's going to be a lot of passing yards, a lot of passing touchdowns, a lot of points scored um, for better, or for worse, if you're a defensive fan of the, of, of football. Um, But overall it is going to be a very exciting year and as each year goes on, and the game becomes more offensive friendly, and and more points are going to be scored, it just kind of solidifies that point. Is that when and and as the years go on, you're going to need a very solid passing quarterback to really be successful.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I yeah, do, this I is do not.
0: This is not the age of the Trent Dilfer-led Baltimore Ravens uh, Super Bowl-winning team. Uh, that will not fly in this day and age.
1: Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be good to see. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be um, it'll be interest only three more weeks, four more weeks until NFL, and we we get a rematch of bucs Cowboys. We could see if we could see um, the Texans Browns, if Watson plays on suspended, we could see a lot of good week one matchups. And I am looking forward to hopefully um, that this year, just things will just the season and everything will be We'll be good and injury-free, and we'll be able to see the stars of the league play well, and we'll be able to see the rookies play as well as they're supposed to.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that seems like a very a solid place to end. Um, while while debating quarterbacks is fun, really this is a Dallas Cowboys show, and a lot more times than, than not you will see us talking about mainly Dallas Cowboys football. And like Owen mentioned, this season is coming up. There will be a lot of Dallas Cowboys football to discuss. in the in the coming months, but, but in the most near future, we'll be breaking down the past uh, preseason, the first week of the preseason next time we're out here. So look out for that. Um, As for this episode, it's been a very fun one. We're looking, we're both looking forward to seeing the Cowboys back out on the field. Um, I will be doing some tweeting during the game from the All About America's team Twitter. Look check out that. And um Owen, he's got he's got ties to the to the TikTok, to the Instagram, uh kind of monitor that as well. You can follow both of those. But that's gonna be it for us, America's Team. Capital P, Capital C for Twitter. All about America's Team for Instagram. Owen, do you know the do you know the TikTok handle?
1: It's it's the same thing as Instagram. All about America's Team, all lowercase. Okay, perfect, perfect.
0: And yeah, as for this YouTube of uh, the YouTube stream, all about America's Team on on uh, YouTube, you'll find this live stream there with the uh, very with my friend Mr. Tony and my co-host Owen and myself on the screen with our very beautiful faces. But this Holy has been a great episode. I've enjoyed it. But as for tonight, or actually it would be morning for both of us. Yes. Um, we'll be, we be signing off. We'll be signing off. I'm Ray Nickens.
1: And I'm Owen the Chico.
0: And this has been All About America's Team. And we're signing off. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And go Cowboys. Go Cowboys.